Many of us are still not experiencing the wealth that we desire because we've confused gathering information with actually applying the principles. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. And if you're brand new, here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week, We focus on well-being in six pillars, and these are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. If you need to get caught up, and I suggest you do, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Again, the pillars can be broken down for you at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's brought to you by our Redefining Wealth private Facebook community. Yes, we have a community of purpose chasers from all over the globe. I don't believe that greatness can be created in isolation. You need people and you need like-hearted, not just like-minded folks around you. So join our free Facebook community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. You'll get to meet purpose chasers who are near you. Yes, in your own country, wherever you are. You can suggest show topics and guests and even get early access to upcoming events and programs. Purpose chasers always know first. So join us at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from PatriceWashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. If you're an OG listener, If you call yourself a purpose chaser, that means you have been rocking and rolling with me for quite some time. And that means you probably know that at the beginning of every year, we kick off with a series I like to call results, not resolutions. And I call it that at the top of the year because I know that it is so tempting for us to chat with our friends or post on social media New Year's resolutions. But the truth is, many people will post things, one, that they don't really want, they just think it sounds good, or two, that they want, but they know they have no idea how to actually achieve it. They have no practical steps, no tools, no resources, no accountability to actually bring it to life and get a result. And so I am always committed at the top of the year to helping you not be uh, one of the 99% of people who never achieve a New Year's resolution. I want to help you have awareness around what you say you want throughout the entire year by taking practical steps, not just hoping, wishing, praying, but taking practical steps. And so it's really important to me that as you continue to think about who you are, what you want, who you need to become in the process that you keep front and center all of the pillars that we talk about here at Redefining Wealth because they're all going to help you as you continue on your journey to build wealth, whatever that looks like for you. 
And so if you're not an OG listener, Purpose Chaser yet, if you're brand new to this podcast, here's what you need to know you've stepped into. You need to know that this is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And each and every week, my goal since 2017 has been to unpack what we call here the six pillars of wealth. And because you're new, you get to hear it from the beginning, but you also get to hear my heart behind who I am and why I do what I do in this space. We're not a top-rated, award-winning podcast for nothing. You are going to want to stick around. That was a lot. Going to want to, but hey, it works. You are going to want to stick around. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. This episode, I'm calling The Truth About Wealth because this gets down to what I have found over a decade plus of doing this work. And as many of you know, I have a brand new book coming out on my birthday, March 15th. And I really wanted to take this results, not resolution series as an opportunity to share with you insights from the book, to share with you some practical steps that you can take to really live out the pillars of wealth. And hopefully my prayer is that you get results this year. But I realized that we have thousands of new listeners and we have some seasoned listeners who I can tell based on the DMs, the direct messages that I get in social media, the posts in our Facebook group, the emails that we receive, that while many of you know the pillars, you can recite the pillars, you don't really still understand how to practically apply them. And I get it. Right. So we have these conversations. We've had all of these interviews and some people can just extract the lesson and run with it. And other people, we we need to get a bit deeper. And so I want to take these next few weeks to do that. But it's really important that, you know, again, who I am and why I do what I do. So I'm going to share with you the opening of Redefine Wealth for Yourself. It's called The Truth About Wealth. I never saw my financial demise coming. In 2007, when I was 20 weeks pregnant, I took a bad fall down the stairs. A year earlier, we had lost a son, born at 24 weeks. He weighed a pound and a half and lived just five hours before he passed away in my arms. And I prayed this pregnancy would have a different outcome. I checked into the hospital where I followed my doctor's orders for bed rest. While my family was in jeopardy, I found some solace in my financial security. I had health insurance and the real estate business I'd started while still in college had grown into a seven-figure empire. We were bringing in six figures a month and because I was doing what I believed were all the right things, I expected the good times to keep rolling. But my expectations were wrong. Soon after my hospital stay began, news reports about the real estate industry and the economy both turned dire and pessimistic. The real estate bubble, they said, was starting to burst and the ramifications would affect us all. I had 16 team members on payroll and they increasingly called me throughout the day to tell me about deals falling through and clients failing to get loan approval. They didn't know what was happening or what to do about it and I had no idea what to tell them. Every day the reports got worse. 
I watch news shows as if I would learn some new fact that would change everything. In reality, it wouldn't have mattered if I've been in the office every day because there was very little I could do. Still, I consumed all the news about the economic downturn until about five weeks into my stay when my doctor looked at the readout on the baby's monitor and frowned at me. If you don't stop stressing out, she said, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby. It was clear my financial reality would be irrevocably changed by the time I left the hospital. So in the interest of my daughter's health, I made a decision to surrender. I had the TV removed from my hospital room and tried to focus on what I could control. Five weeks later, at 30 weeks, our daughter Reagan came into the world, healthy and strong, but still premature. She spent the next three weeks in the neonatal intensive care unit. Turning off my television reduced my stress, but it did nothing to change the reality of the economy. In the following weeks and months, banks went out of business and mortgage companies shut their doors. Homeowners went from feeling secure in their homes to underwater on their mortgages. Around the country, as foreclosure rates skyrocketed, many people looked at the numbers and walked away from their homes. We were taking financial hits from every direction. Our insurance company canceled my coverage, and we left the hospital with $400,000 in medical bills. We owned 13 rental properties, but one by one, the tenants stopped paying rent. And given that they were out of work, there wasn't much we could do to collect. For the next year, my husband Gerald and I tried everything we could think of to save our businesses. But by then, there was nothing left to save. We surrendered our luxury SUVs and moved from our 6,000 square foot home in Los Angeles, where we both grown up, to a 600 square foot apartment in Metairie, Louisiana, where we had a property we'd hoped to flip until we realized a contractor had ripped us off. One day, while Gerald and Reagan were out, I shut myself in the tiny bathroom where I often went to be alone to think and pray. I couldn't understand how after trying to do everything right, I ended up losing it all. Why me, God? I asked. What did I do wrong? My conversation with God became a bawling, snotting, ugly cry, and I fell to my knees on the bathroom floor. My head pressed to the linoleum, I wept, and I called out, God. What am I going to do? In that moment, I heard that small voice telling me to turn to my Bible, where I landed on Proverbs seventeen sixteen. To paraphrase, it read, What good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom? That moment was the beginning of climbing out of my dark valley. I decided I would get wise counsel. I would seek wisdom, not just knowledge, in order to find wealth. I also committed to sharing whatever I learned along the way with anyone willing to listen. I took the passion for financial education I developed while running my real estate business, and I used it to start over. I published an ugly little blog where I shared my journey and the changes I was making in my life. As a speaker and then as an author and coach, I built a new business and I recovered financially. That moment on the bathroom floor changed everything. Today, I'm in a much better position than I was when I when that real estate bubble burst. None of my financial recovery happened overnight though. In Redefine Wealth for Yourself, I share with you the steps I took to create a solid financial foundation for myself and my family. 
I also share what I discovered through my struggles in other areas of my life, all of which affected my ability to attract wealth. Over those years, I've struggled to create harmony between work and home. I've gone to therapy to work on my marriage and to stay sharp and perform at my best. I've discovered how real the seven-year itch is and faced the possibility of losing my marriage before doing the work to rebuild our relationship. I've pushed myself hard when my body needed rest and nourishment, and I found myself doing the right work in the wrong place. And through it all, I've witnessed firsthand that money is only a small fraction of what makes for a truly wealthy life. I wrote Redefine Wealth for Yourself to share with you the habits, tools, and routines that I've used to create a wealthy life as I define it. Define wealth for yourself, but never feel guilty about desiring more money. Money is a tool that opens doors and solves problems. Our economy runs on money, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to enjoy the finer things in life. I do. But my purpose here is to help you understand how you can live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more than you've ever imagined without chasing money. This is where the six pillars of wealth that I share here on this podcast comes in. The 12th century definition of wealth is the condition of well-being or happiness. Money is only one factor in that happiness. When you take care of those things that make life worthwhile, you become the kind of person who attracts and receives the wealth you desire. Money is a result of understanding what you want and who you have to become to actually receive it. The sections of redefine wealth for yourself are based on the six pillars of wealth. Fit is about becoming your best self. People, taking care of relationships that matter. Space, setting up your life to support you. Faith, believing in something greater. Work, living your life's purpose. And money, finally attracting the prosperity you desire. I take a holistic approach to wealth because these aspects of your life are inextricably linked. They all affect your ability to attract prosperity. Mastering these things, some of which may seem to have nothing to do with money, will create a positive ripple effect that will touch and impact every aspect of your life. You can ask the purpose chasers in our Facebook community. Our culture teaches us to strive first for money and material success. But without a strong foundation in the other pillars, all that striving will be for nothing. And you know it because you've already experienced it. You'll either struggle to sustain your material wealth or you'll be too unhealthy and unhappy to truly enjoy it. For me, this is the truth about wealth. This is why I show up. This is why I do the work that I do. This is why I founded this podcast. This is why I love talking to you in social media and YouTube comments and Instagram, Facebook comments, wherever I can, because I try to do it the way the world suggested. Now, this is just me talking. I tried to do it the way it was laid out. Get good grades, go to a good college, get a good job or start the business and everything will be fine. And the truth is, I was so good at information gathering, much like many of us today, 
We live in an age where we can Google anything. We can have any nugget of information we want at the speed of light. We have podcasts, we have blogs, we have books. We have so much access to information. And yet many of us are still not experiencing the wealth that we desire because we've confused, right? Gathering information with actually applying the principles. But the application is what wisdom is. That's what I learned on that bathroom floor. Many of us have knowledge. We have the education. We have the information. Most of the women that I serve are very book smart. In my programs, Purpose to Platform or even Command the Stage, and I used to do Mastery and Momentum, a a mastermind community, the women have the education. They have the degrees. They have the letters behind their names. And even for those who don't have all the education, you have the experience. You've done the thing. You know what you're doing. However, you don't necessarily have the confidence yet. You haven't learned to manage the relationships in your life to help you bring everything to fruition. You haven't set up your environment to help you get to where you say you want to go or to to feel the fulfillment that you're looking for. For many of them, they can rattle off a few scriptures or say I identify with this religious belief, but yet don't have any relationship, no substance behind it. And many people have chosen careers because they sounded good, because a friend or family member suggested it, or because of the pay. And yet you're completely unfulfilled. From the outside looking in, you should be overjoyed with your title, with your benefits, with your corner office, with the perks that you get, and yet you're not. And so the truth about wealth is that when you don't define it for yourself, culture will define it. Society will define it. Your parents will define it. Your friends will define it. And you may even define it based on things you don't even care about. And when we talk about results, not resolutions, a big factor here is that in order to actually achieve results, long-lasting, sustainable results, it's going to be important that you know why. If you don't have a why, you'll do what most people do when they set resolutions. You'll continue to be interested. Interested people will Google. They might make spreadsheets. They may journal a few things. They'll research and research and then research some more. That's why the goal you have in your mind right now for 2021 is the same goal you had in 2020. And it's very familiar to the goal that you set in 2019. And oh yeah, you may have jotted something down about it in 2017. And some people, if they're honest, you've been saying that you want the exact same things for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. You may have shared with a few people that it was your new year resolution 
and yet you haven't gotten the result because you haven't been committed. Commitment makes the difference. Committed people don't just research for the sake of research to fill notebooks. Committed people research, conclude what the next best step is, and then they start to take action. And they do it over and over and over again until until their objective has been achieved. And so this year, I want to help you get results. And I don't care if it's in the fit pillar, the people, space, faith, work, or money. I want to help you finally get results. But I'm going to tell you how this works. Many people, when they hear of my background in personal finance, are tempted to skip ahead. They're like, Patrice, I just need the money stuff. I just need the money stuff. I don't need all this other stuff that you're talking about. I'm going to tell you what I share in the book. If you're tempted to flip forward and jump into the work pillar or the money pillar, I want you to stop and assess your performance in each of the other pillars first. If you can give yourself a 10 out of 10 in your physical and mental fitness, your mindset, your personal and professional relationships, the energy and organization of the spaces where you live and work, your faith practices, then by all means, jump ahead. You've either been doing this work for a while or you are superhuman, my friend. But if you give yourself less than a perfect score in any of the first four pillars, slow down and commit to doing the work in order. Don't skip steps. Choose to chase your purpose instead. Choose to start with the pillars in the order in which I've laid them out. Dedicate a journal to your Redefining Wealth journey and take action on the exercises at the end of each chapter. For the purposes of the Results Not Resolution series, I'm going to share with you some of those exercises because in every pillar, I want you to start to take action now. Building wealth and creating a wealthy life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Don't expect yourself to make changes overnight. Don't expect perfection. I just want you to commit to applying these principles. Commit to taking on new habits this year. Commit to paying attention to how your life changes in the process. Commit to showing up for the rest of this series. Because next week, I'm going to start breaking down for you each and every pillar of redefining wealth. And I'm going to share actual chapters. I may as well just do my audiobook, huh? <laughs> but I'm going to share actual chapters with you. Because no matter what that big thing is that you want to accomplish in 2021, I'm telling you from personal experience, from coaching clients over the years, from helping women in my own programs, that when you start to align all of these other pillars with that big thing you say you want to do, it will literally feel miraculous how your life starts to unfold. And we hear the stories in our Redefining Wealth Facebook group all the time because I'm not special. 
That's why I wrote the book. That's why I do the podcast. This is not about a perfect 10 in every pillar. I'm not a perfect 10 in every pillar. But man, am I so much further along than I was on that bathroom floor in 2009 when I discovered that this journey was so much more than chasing money, that it had to be about seeking wisdom and how that led me down the path to uncovering so many opportunities for growth in every area of my life. And so no, becoming America's money maven as I'm known in media was not about budgets and credit reports. It wasn't just about, do I know the difference between stocks and bonds? It wasn't about understanding the three credit bureaus. It was about doing this work. It was about understanding all of the ways my childhood, my experiences, my relationships, the environment around me were contributing to either moving me towards what I said I wanted or away from it. It's why I could create a seven-figure business and also simultaneously sabotage my own success, which is what many of us do, what many of you do. And so my goal for these next few weeks is to just continue to share the insights and the truth about wealth in the hopes that you will go on this journey with me. What would it look like if you committed to this idea, to these practices, to the tangible, practical steps that I'm going to teach you over these next couple of weeks? Like, what would it look like? What could your life look like at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, at the end of 2021? And you know, <laughs> if you've been with me enough, you know, I'm the queen of some homework. So I want you to, at the minimum, identify one thing you really want in each one of the pillars for 2021. In your fit pillar, in your people pillar, in your space pillar, in your faith pillar, your work and your money, your homework before next week is to identify one thing you really, really want to achieve in 2021 in each one of those pillars. And then I'm going to give you action steps. You should consider this like a masterclass <laughs> or a challenge of some kind. Maybe we're turning this into the results, not resolutions challenge. You lay out your six, share them with me in the free Redefining Wealth Facebook group, right? And then I'm going to walk you through what we believe those pillars are, how they connect to your financial well-being, and then I'm going to give you practical tips from the book on how you can bring those to life. So that's what results, not resolutions looks like this year. We're going to do the work. We're going to stop talking about it. And we're going to finally get what we say we want. I dare you to take the ride with me. I dare you to take the ride. <sighs> In our challenge, we have a challenge every six months or so now called the Creative for Purpose Challenge. It's a free five-day challenge that I run in my Facebook group. We did it in December and the results that 
the participants were getting after five days have literally blown my mind. You'll have an opportunity to do it again this summer. But I know that if we could do that in five days, what could we do this month with this Results Not Resolution series? I believe we could do great work, but you got to keep showing up. So that's my request of you. Show up, listen to how each one of these pillars are connected to your finances, come get some practical tools, some practical steps that you can implement immediately. And let's just hold each other accountable. Join that Facebook group. It's going to be a blessing to you. Hold each other accountable. But I'm excited. I'm excited. So if you're excited, I expect you to tell me in social media, share what you're working on with me in social media, in the Facebook group or on Instagram at Seek Wisdom PCW. Next week, we're going to dive into the first two pillars, which are fit and people. You're going to hear some nuggets from the book, and then you can apply those to the goals that you've written down. All right. So until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.